Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican Patwa. And a fair start. A Samba Pound. Usain Bolt is also out well. Here they come down the track. Usain Bolt! It's a story of music, sport and style. How its rhythms, athletes and language went global. Pull up, pull up. This is how Jamaica conquered the world. <laughs> My name is Dudley Tal Stokes. I'm here on the island of Providenciales in Turks and Caicos, where I make my home for part of the year. I'm a founding member of the Jamaica bobsleigh team, four-time Olympian, and part inspiration for the feature-length Disney movie Cool Runnings. Also a member of the 1990. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 
for Jamaica bobsleigh team, which still retains the best record for a non-traditional nation, 14th in the Lillehammer Olympics, ahead of all American sleds and several other traditional nations. Well, they didn't win any medals, but they sure made an impression at the Calgary Olympics. In 1988, the Jamaican bobsleigh team stole the show. There was even a movie made about them. I see. Pride! Pride! Power! Power! My childhood and early years were filled with a lot of travel. I was actually born on Turks Island in the Turks and Caicos, where my parents were serving as missionaries and I spent my first five years there. Then I returned to Jamaica and lived pretty much everywhere as my parents moved around from church to church and then later from school to school. My grandfather says you're definitely going to make it to the Olympics. He says you're even faster than your father. Yeah man, do it for Jamaica! My brother and I grew up together in a very literal way shared a bedroom until I left home. He was always a better athlete than I was. He went on to be ranked in the top 10 of the 100 meters in the world for almost 10 consecutive years. But I discovered at the age of nine that he was in fact faster than I was even then. But we shared pretty much everything growing up. And while we didn't know it at the time, we, we developed a common approach to life and performance that served us very well later on. That boy is never ready. He's a lazy, crazy, sorry, no good bag of <laughs> So what you laughing at? So I attended 13 infant and primary schools and four high schools before joining the army at 18 and going off to the Royal Military Academy, Sandhurst. Sandhurst was a fantastic experience, a lot of history. You would walk and live history every day and be able to internalize the decision points that great people came for and what in fact made them great. The United Kingdom in general was a, was a shock. I didn't see any sun for the first four weeks at Sandhurst and that was very disturbing to me. But it's a fantastic place when you get to know it and as a, a lifelong Liverpool soccer fan, it, it was great to be in England. After graduating from the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst, I returned to Jamaica for a short period of time served in the infantry in the Jamaica Defence Force. I then went to the Canadian Forces Training School in Portage La Prairie, Canada to learn to fly. I flew fixed wing and helicopters for a period of a year before going to Jamaica again to be a helicopter pilot, which was one of the most exciting ways to spend your early 20s. So we flew up and down quite a bit, did a lot of crazy things, chased bad people, rescued people far out at sea late at night. Mr. Coolidge. Who's the other man that picks you with my father? Oh, Irving Britzer. He's an American who lives here. Isn't that a gold medal around his neck? Oh, yeah. That lunatic was an Olympic bobsledder who tried to get your father to switch sports. He had some theory about using track sprinters to push the bobsled, some ridiculous thing like that. Can you imagine a Jamaican bobsledder?
two Americans in Jamaica, George Fitch and William Maloney. George Fitch worked with the U.S. Embassy. William Maloney was married to Teresa and Issa, which is a, a prominent Jamaican family. And he had moved back to Jamaica and was in business. William is a very entrepreneurial person, but he was also a good sportsman in his own right. And in college, was ranked in the, the top 10 of the tennis college players at a time when John McEnroe was also in that group. But one of his ambitions was to march in the opening ceremonies of an Olympic Games. And he sat about figuring out how he would do that. And he convinced George Fitch to go along with him. Together, they saw the pushcart derby and came to the idea of a bobsled team riding a car down a hill. 20 years ago, you came down here to see if you could make a Jamaican sprinter into a bobsled. And you never got that chance. Look at me, Mr. Blitzer. I'm your chance. You can imagine that was an outlandish idea to most people in Jamaica, except for one person. They went to the Jamaican army and spoke to Ken Barnes, who is John Barnes' father and a fine gentleman. And Ken immediately saw the possibilities of the army with the sport. And so he said, yes, the army would support them. They then said, we need somebody to teach to drive this bobsleigh, somebody with proven hand-eye coordination. And Colonel Barnes said, I have just the person for you. And that was a captain in the air wing at the time. Ken Barnes was a colonel. He suggested to me, I might want to look at this thing. And uh, when a captain is asked by a colonel to do anything, there really is only one possible response. And that's how I became involved with the Jamaica Bobsleigh Program. When I accepted uh, the challenge, I had the impression that this was an, an organized effort. All the ducks were in a row and we were on our way. But it wasn't long before I got into how folk have ideas, construct them, raise money and, and get back in to do it. And William Maloney and George Pitch were selling the idea all over, getting sponsorships. And they managed to get us up to Lake Placid in upstate New York to have our first look at the sport. It was at the time one of the most difficult tracks in the world. Howard Siler, who was to be our coach, decided that we, we could try this very ambitious program. I'm not asking for a winter sports program. All I need is a lousy 20 grand so I can get us to the Olympics. That's all. How in God's name are you going to get to the Olympics? These boys have never even seen a sled race before. Mr. Coolidge, I have been looking at sledders since I was 12 years old. If I say these kids can make it to the Olympics, they can make it to the Olympics. Practice down here with the boys a bit more. And when you're a little further along, I'll come along and see you. No, no, no. No, just a minute, Mr. Blitzer. This country enjoys a fine athletic tradition. And if you think I'm going to give you the little money we have so that you can parade us around in front of the world like a freak show. We then constructed a, a training program which involved going to Calgary in Alberta to bobstay for the first time. We arrived in Calgary on October 17th, 1987. And if you look that up, you'll find out that was Black Monday when the, the stock market crashed. George Fitch lost most of his net worth and was so shocked that he drove off in the rental car, left his briefcase on the, the roof, and we never saw it again. But it was not the best start 
for me personally, getting in a bobsled and going down the ice was, was an exhilarating experience. And I knew immediately that this was a sport for me. My attraction to the sport of bobsled was the fact that the sled needed to be driven. And I'd always been fascinated with manipulating things. It's one of the reasons I became a pilot. And so I was intrigued that you actually had to guide this device. And remember, a bobsleigh is of the same level of technology as a Formula One racing car in all but the engine. The engine in a bobsleigh is far more complex. It consists of human power and the forces of nature. Can I help you? Yeah, I'd like to uh, register for tryouts. What country? Uh, Jamaica. What country? Jamaica. Oh. What do you know? Jamaican bobsled team. Okay. Oh, here it is. It says here your qualifying run will be held on the evening of the 10th. In order to qualify, you must complete the course safely in one minute, two seconds flat or under. This be a minute five. Times change. In 1987 and 1988, we need to remember that there was no internet. So there weren't very easy ways of finding out about winter sports, about the Winter Olympics, about the procedures and how things work. We couldn't Google things. It wasn't very easy to find out what bobsleigh was about, how Olympic competition was structured. Even our qualification for the Olympic Games wasn't clear because the governing body had not anticipated a situation such as we presented, a tropical nation turning up four months before the Olympic Games and saying that they wanted to slide. So we found ourselves chasing a sliding set of targets to qualify. So first we're told we'd have to get in a race and we did that and we're told we'd have to get a position in a race, which we did. And eventually we, we met all of the sliding targets to qualify. In the meantime, we're on a real crash course. We also had an issue with funding, so we literally were selling shirts, which we discovered quite by accident were in demand, and we were printing up and selling shirts on a daily basis, and we could tell what dinner would be like, what supper would be like, and whether we'd have breakfast, just based on how the daily sales were going. So, you know, we were learning bobsled, we were learning business, and we were learning life all on a crash course. Some people say, you know, they can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. No people say, you know, they can't believe. Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. Hi, I'm here to offer you an opportunity of a lifetime. We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. Bobsled is it's, um, very critical to determine how you how you place your athletes. Is that you you have the driver and he's a given with his personal strengths as an athlete. The number two person behind the driver would want to be one of your more explosive athletes. Not necessarily as fast or as good a runner as the other two, but somebody who is fairly large and very explosive. In the number three position, is probably your best all-round athlete in terms of size, strength, and speed. And on the back of a four-man, you want somebody who can absolutely hit top, top speed. 
Gentlemen, this is a bobsled. Yule, don't touch me. Of course, sorry. You're going to be the second middleman. You're strong, you're fast, and you're going to love that seat. Junior, you're the first middleman. You're quick, you're sharp. Up him. Senka. I know, I'm the driver, right? No, you're the brake man. No, no, I'm the driver. No, you're not. You're the brake man. I'm the driver. You're not. You're the brake man. You don't understand. I'm Senka Coffee. I'm the best push car driver in all of Jamaica. I must drive. Do you dig where I'm coming from? Yeah, I dig where you're coming from. Good. Now dig where I'm coming from. I'm coming from two gold medals. I'm coming from nine world records in both the two and four man events. I'm coming from ten years of intense competition with the best athletes in the world. That's a hell of a place to be coming from. You see, Sanka, the driver has to work harder than anyone. He's the first to show up and the last to leave. When his teammates are all out drinking beer, he's up in his room studying pictures of turns. You see, a driver must remain focused 100% at all times. Not only is he responsible for knowing every inch of every course he races, he's also responsible for the lives of the other three people in his sled. Growing up with my brother Chris, we always daydreamed about representing Jamaica. But as we got older in life, it, it seemed as if this might impact elude us. I mentioned that Chris was a 100 meter runner. He never actually ran for Jamaica. I think he missed the 1984 Olympic Games by a photo finish in the Jamaican trials and was excluded. Always in the back of my mind that this was the opportunity to get the Jamaican colors on and to represent the country. And it almost defies description. But the, the, the range of emotions that it brings out is exceptional. And it goes with, with all the things that are about being Jamaican. You have, you have a, a great deal of history and a legacy to carry on. At the, at the same time, you have the reality of being from a very small people, but always seeming somehow to arrest the eyes of the world. Now, we got to Calgary 1988 to participate in the bobsleigh. And we had decided, literally a week before the game, that we would also do the four-man bobsled. Now, the four-man is, is a much more difficult discipline than the two-man to accomplish, and we were to find that out in, in during the course of the games, and it would make the team famous. That's quite a story. The Jamaican bobsled team. It's a beautiful afternoon in Calgary, and there is a lot more coming up. So stay tuned for more exciting coverage of the opening ceremonies of the 15th Winter Olympiad from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Chris, my brother at this time, was not a member of the Jamaica bobsleigh team. We, we were about to witness one of what I think is the greatest athletic adjustments ever made. We started practicing for the for the foreman and we're practicing dry pushing, which is on a, on a push track. And one of the athletes fell and hurt himself. At the day before the training was to start in the foreman, we were there with only three men. Chris was in Calgary to watch the Olympics. A conversation between Howard Seiler, George Fitch, William Maloney and myself, where all I said was, yes, he's a pretty good athlete. They decided to and were successful in getting him into the Olympic Village. And at nine o'clock that night, he had been accredited in the Olympic Games. got on the sled brand new so we put him on the back of the sled which suited him because he was 
in fact, the, the fastest person pad there. So in, in the, the four-man sled, you know, it's all about timing at the start, the loading, which is, is critical to maintain the speed that you have built up through the push, and then it's down to the crew members to stay as, as still as possible throughout the course of the run. We were learning as we, we went along. On the, the day that we crashed, which was the second day of the four-man race, I woke up with a high fever. And this is one of the things in Olympic Games and in Olympic villages. Very often you have viruses going around and quite a few people uh, get infected. So I had this high fever. I was doing track walk, which is what drivers do before each race. They walk up the track and rehearse mentally as they are going up. While doing that, I slipped on the ice, fell and hurt my collarbone, which I discovered shortly after I'd actually broken when I got to the top. We didn't have a large team, so we didn't have a physio for ourselves, but the physio on the British team, with whom we had become quite friendly, he used the magic spray. He told me that my collarbone was likely broken and the, the pain went away for a while. So we went out onto the ice to prepare to go. Everybody shut up. My boys on TV. Dad, I think the fans here have an extreme case of Jamaican fever. Hell, so do I. No, 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 no. So do we. Do I have to tell you whose turn it is now? Jamaican. Respect! We, we were up, we got the sled on the ice, and you know by that time we were quite determined to to get it done, to get it done right, and to prove to the world that we did belong and had a place here in the Olympic Games as Jamaicans. And so we had a start, which was the seventh fastest start in the Olympic competition, but we didn't get in the sled quite correctly, and I, I was put in a very uncomfortable position, and that made it very difficult for me to control the sled. going at a pace as fast as I've ever been in a bobsleigh and I got behind the sled. going to be able to hold it. Oh! Meaning I was driving just a fraction late at all the drive points. This resulted when we got down to the Chrysler Corpuscle, so we were making like a dolphin through the waves. And on the end of the curve we were high and uh, fell off. And I hit my head on the ice fairly hard. I tell you, it's much worse to watch than it, it was actually being in it. And I can only remember thinking, oh, not in the Olympics. Doris, you're dead? No, man. I'm not dead. I have to finish the race. We were very embarrassed and shaken up by the whole event, but the, the reaction of people immediately was just so positive and, and encouraging. What I remember about the walk, actually, I was deep in thought, and I kept hearing noise, which I I was ignoring. I wasn't sure if it was a ringing in my ears. Halfway up the, the finish curve, I realized that the noise was actually people cheering. Devon Harris immediately started waving. I guess people were relieved to, to see us up and moving. I, did, I had no idea what the accident was like until I saw it in replay, and I can see why people would have been concerned for our health. But it says something for the, the spirit of the fans there that they erupted into a spontaneous shout of relief and of joy and just really making that moment very special.
forget the name of the television anchor, but he referred to it to that to a television audience on the level of one billion people. And then he went through the crash, and afterwards it came back to him, and he said, I put it to you that we have just seen the strongest neck in Caribbean. All those things coming together caused me to realize that sort of the magnitude of, of this whole event, everybody known yours. Return to Jamaica, let's say if it was a, a news report, they would say it was in stark contrast to our departure. We left as unknowns and we, we came back having apparently conquered the world. It was fantastic from the moment the plane door opened right through all our drive into town. We were hosted by the, the Prime Minister and all the leading politicians and figures in Jamaica. I remember one evening late in a pool in my full kit. There, there were a few parties after that. The whole experience of 88 made a, a lot of things possible for, for Jamaica Bobsley. We had always been interested in serious athletic performance. And in Aberville, you know, we were four years older. By then, the Berlin Wall had fallen. Communism had been undone. And one of the consequences of that is we were able to buy some of the best equipment in the world. East German manufacturing sets and runners. But we were only able, able to get them a couple of weeks before the Abbeville Olympics. And we were never really fully adjusted to them. The Lillehammer Olympics were two years after the Abbeville Olympics. So we went into Lillehammer with all the good equipment. We added a couple of very good athletes. We were able to finish 14th in the four-man race. We were 10th on two runs on the second day, 10th in the world, 14th overall, number seven nation, six years after our crash in Calgary. And I think that that's, that's one of the great sporting stories of all time. Well, the Disney movie, Cool Runnings, of course, has immortalized Jamaica bobsleigh, but at many points it almost didn't happen. The movie was originally conceived by George Fish. We went to the Olympics in 1988 and George started working as to how he could pull a movie together. The rights were first sold to one person and then they unsold them. And so I think it's on the third or fourth time that it actually arrived with Disney. And initially they were, they were not keen on doing a movie. Eventually we found a champion within Disney and Dawn Steele took up the project and she brought it to fruition. Movie business is about making money and movies that people made are done in a way that the producers and directors feel will be appealing to an audience. And so this movie was set out to, to be funny and set out to portray what some may consider certain stereotypes about Jamaicans. And it was very successful in what it did. Cool Runnings came out around the same time as Titanic. Titanic was the first billion dollar movie. It cost almost 450 million to make it. Cool Runnings cost about 15 million dollars at the end of the day. The last figures I saw had gone over 300 million in, in worldwide revenue. So it was a hugely profitable effort. Jamaica needs a team in the Winter Olympics and the Winter Olympics, the winter sport and the sports of bobsleigh needs Jamaica with them. The sport of bobsleigh 
combines raw physical power with technical competence, the ability to concentrate, focus, and handle complex machinery. And I think having a team of athletes from Jamaica does a lot to change and attitudes about the stereotypes of, of not only Jamaica, but people of color all over the world. I think shows Jamaicans exactly what it is that Jamaicans can do and have done. And I think that that's critical for Jamaica. For the Winter Olympics, to have that sort of diversity, to have the attention that the Jamaica bobstay is able to focus is important to those bodies. But you know, at the, at the end of the day, these things are all about individuals. And when, as, as we have going to Sochi, a youngster named Marvin Dixon, who lives in Rockford in East Kingston, good athlete, but the outlets for athletics in Jamaica are limited. For Bob Slay to be able to give him the outlet to put on the Jamaican uniform and to get out there in front of the world, I think that's a very, very special thing to have to keep providing these opportunities. The movie was successful and the consequence of its success was it immortalized Jamaica Bobsley. And we have been able to use that to continue the program. It's created a brand that really resonates with people. People hold dear to their heart. And we we are just custodians of that brand. Let me tell you something, Rasta. I didn't come up here to forget who I am and where I come from. And neither did I. I'm just trying to be the best I can be. So am I. And the best I can be is Jamaican. We look Jamaican, walk Jamaican, talk Jamaican, and is Jamaican. Then we show as hell better bobsled Jamaican. Happy New Year, Happy Chinese New Year, and Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for bearing with me, but the plan, clients, and work permitting is to try and get a show out each month for 2014. But I can only do this if you do me a favor in return. Can you please, please, please go onto iTunes and write the show a five-star review as it helps get the show out there and helps bring in new listeners. Now, if you have a question or a request, you can send me a voicemail message, which I can then publish on a future show by clicking on the send voicemail facility on the website, which is howjamaicaconquerdtheworld.com. Or you can contact me on email. I'm royfield at gmail.com. That's R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter where I'm at Royfield. Or you can follow the show on Twitter also, which is at How Jamaica. And you can like the Facebook page, which is How Jamaica, by logging on to Facebook, of course. That's it. See you all in 30 days' time. Botox Cosmetic, Atabotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.